Well, hello, and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to help keep you encouraged to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and I certainly do count it an honor to be here with you today on this episode number 143 of our podcast. Well, PCU family, we debuted our youth squad on last week with an interview, and we've got to get followed up with that with part two. So please go ahead and get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blend Courages You is coming to you with my interview with Kiara Hannon, part two. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family, we are going to get into our podcast content momentarily. Right now, I would like to establish protocol. So if you are a longtime listener, thank you so very much for being here. We certainly do appreciate you. And if you happen to be a first time listener, you know what? Thank you so much. We certainly appreciate you being here as well. And I'm going to ask you to consider right now making our relationship permanent. So wherever you are listening from, if you're on the blendcouragesyou.com site, if you're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, on iTunes, or now known as Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud, wherever you are listening from, do me a favor and go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That's all you have to do, and that gets you in as an official part of the BCU family. Welcome. All right, everyone. As you heard in the introduction, the Lord has blessed us here at BlendCouragesYou.com to add another segment to our lineup in the way of the BCU Youth Squad. And that's where we are talking to and listening to our young people, our youth and young adults. And As an adult, I can remember uh, being a youth, obviously, and many of us do, and many of us wanted the adults to listen to us. Am I right about that? Yes, indeed. And that's what this format is here to provide. Now, it does not always mean that we will agree with the youth and young adults. We may need to teach, reprove, correct It all depends. And how we'll know what to do with what they are telling us is to pray and ask God what to do and to listen and follow through on his answer. We won't know what to do if we don't listen to the young folks first. So listen, pray, and then we want to do what God says to do, if anything. So with that, my friends, I have part two of my interview with my good friend, Kiara Hannon. I've been friends with her mom for years, and this was just a prime opportunity to be able to get into the minds of our college bound uh, young people. Actually, she's a sophomore uh, down in North Carolina studying psychology and has a lot to say about music. So let's listen in to our interview that's going to commence right now. Take a listen. 
All right, everybody, we are back with part two of my interview with the awesome Kiera Hannon. You all will remember this is my 18-year-old millennial sister, everybody. I love the Lord, and she was on last time and rightly divided the word of God, I tell you, and also gave us some insight into something I didn't know about called anime, and that is a Japanese... Uh, animated cartoon that uh, she had let us know that was actually glorifying uh, the things that the Bible tells us to stay away from. So once again, just a word to parents and even to people who are not parents or just sort of watching these things, uh, they can affect your spirit. Kira talked about how, you know, she started to dream about these things. And if we aren't careful what we Take into our spirits what we watch, you know, our eye gates, our ear gates, you know, our nose gates, you know, all of our senses really are ways the enemy can use if we're not careful and guarded to get in, uh, even with something that looks very innocent. So we really need to run what it is that we are consuming by God and let the Holy Spirit let us know whether it's good for us to consume that or not. So I have Kiera on as my millennial uh, pulse, if you will. I like to see what's going on with the young people. And uh, she's going to be talking to us just from that teenager point of view. And, you know, Kiera, we talked about movies. And you had also mentioned that you have to be careful with what you're watching with your friends. Tell me about what's going on in the music scene these days. How much do you know about that? Now, I'm, I got to tell you, I'm a little far removed from what... <laughs> goes on for music wise and I'm gonna I'm give you the mic in just a minute I I often tease um, in, a, in a playful way that you can tell when somebody got saved by the last music that they knew before <laughs> before they gave their life to Christ so um, I'm, I'm gonna totally date myself here with like Run DMC and Michael Jackson see that's that's who I knew um, <laughs> the Beastie Boys. See, I'm, I'm taking it back. See, that's what I know. And I know that there's some others that have come on the scene since then. <laughs> so tell me what's going on in the music world these days and if there's a challenge there. And just go ahead and give us your thoughts. Okay, well, it is a challenge. And I will start off by saying... I do listen to some old school songs now. Like, one of my favorite songs of all time is Reasons by Earth, Wind, and Fire. I'm telling you, that is my jam. And I'm only 18, so... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just old at heart. But, um, <laughs> I was pretty much like you. I'm somewhat removed from it because I choose not to listen to a lot of stuff that's out now. Um, I really grew up in the church anyway and all that. <laughs> all my mom really had blast and was Fred Hammond and, you know, the old school um, gospel singer. So that's what I grew up knowing. So I grew up knowing all the words to Bob and Gilead. All my friends were knowing all these other rap songs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, sometimes when I got older and I thought I was grown, I would try to sneak and listen to some, you know, what the church folk call secular music. Um, but I found that it just really wasn't in me to listen to a lot of it. I've never been a big, big fan of rap. One, I just, most of the things that they seem to rap about don't go with what I believe in for the most part, so I try to distance myself from that. Um, 
there are other artists. I don't like them, but they have some songs that I listen to. But um, my main thing is gospel because for me, music is probably, I'd have to say music is more dangerous for me than the movies we were talking about because once I listen to a song, it will get stuck in my head and there's no turning it off for me. I can listen to one song on repeat for a whole week. Mm-hmm. So if I listen to the wrong thing, that'll be stuck in my head and it'll just manifest because I remember <laughs> watching the movie Cadillac Records and one of the songs by Eddie James was playing and it was all I could do was cry. And that mm-hmm. song got so stuck in my head and I would sing it all the time and I would jam out to it and I would listen to it. But when you listen to the words, it's truly, it's kind of depressing. And so after a while, I noticed after listening to that song, it would be good when I was singing it and having fun. But later, I would really be depressed sometimes. Mm. So that's how I sort of found out that for me, what I listen to reflects how I act. So a lot of songs, that the song is about, um, I don't know, for example, if the song is something about, um, I don't know, being proud and, you know, kind of haughty or anything, I'll listen to that song and then I realize I'll be feeling myself, I'll be looking in the mirror sometimes and I'll mm-hmm. just, you know, I'll get prideful just off of a song and it's kind of scary just how much a song can influence you and get in your spirit. So there are a lot of things nowadays I just try not to listen to. There are some artists that when I hear their name, I'm like, okay, no. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to turn this down because I know what you're about to sing the rock about mm-hmm. doesn't go with who I am. But um, that's not to say, I don't think all secular music is bad. There are some music um, genres outside the church that I still listen to, but I still have to be careful to kind of filter out the things that I can and can't listen to. Okay. Now, as, as I'm listening to what you're saying and you being a psychology major, would you say that and I think you have said it, that music does have an influence on the psyche in terms of, you know, maybe aggression or oppression or making you want to do something. It sounds like that's what you're saying. Did I get that right? You hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. Completely, So this, and again, is something that we really want to take into account again for parents aunties uncles or whoever and even yourself you know what is it that you're listening to and what's interesting is as as I'm listening to you I thought about myself as a child because just like you I was raised in a saved household both my parents are saved and gospel music was on repeat uh, all of the time and we did sort of sneak to listen to different things. And, <laughs> and I'm sure that my parents, especially my mom, had an, a knowledge of what we were doing and gave us a choice. You know, at one point, I remember one, one uh, Christmas, we had all gotten like little radios and stuff. And the rule was is that, you know, you play whatever you wanted to play. She just didn't want to hear it. And... You know, I did go to my R&B and Janet Jackson and the things that, that you know, I thought was going to make me just this great, wonderful person by knowing all these songs. And it's funny, as I look back now, I didn't do a lot of purchasing of the music because I remember saying to myself, even as a youngster, that at some point I want to be saved and I know I'm going to have to get rid of this music 
and I didn't want to waste <laughs> my money. <laughs> I didn't want to waste money. <laughs> purchasing it now I wasn't planning to get saved until I was like older and you know maybe 40 and, and had done all the things oh, that I wanted to do yeah that was my plan you know I made this deal with God to get saved when I was older and I ended up getting saved at 24 but knowing that you know the music that I was listening to wasn't glorifying God and it wasn't that it was horrible I just knew that you know it, it really wasn't giving God glory and that I'd have to give it up but it's just amazing, you know, influence-wise, how music can alter your mood. Mm-hmm. And and I at one point it was said that it was more around the um, what's this the heavy metal music, and mm-hmm. I I remember that as a youngster they had some sort of concert at my school or whatever, and I remember actually seeing a couple kids start to slam chairs and stuff, and we talked about that particular music. Mm-hmm. that genre of music I do think that it's not just limited though to heavy metal but to any music that isn't specifying what God says what do you yes, think? Definitely. I think heavy metal is the most commonly uh, I think heavy metal and rap are the ones that the church try to get you away from the most because they're the most blatant. Mm-hmm. Like, you can look at a heavy metal fan sometimes, and you can just say, yep, you listen to heavy metal, don't you? Because it, sometimes they have an outward appearance, and it's, it causes you to act a certain way and whatnot, and the same with rap. But the truth is, there's a lot of R&B songs that, um, that are just really sneaky. But I think mm-hmm. that's where, I think a lot of songs nowadays are so sneaky, like, You'll have a cool beat, and then you know. Next thing you know, you're you're dancing to it, and then next thing you're singing the words, and you don't even realize what's happening till mm-hmm. a while down the road. You're acting like somebody you don't even know, and all the time, your behavior has been influenced by music, and it's just so subtle and so sneaky. And when I was, you know, in Sunday school, we were taught that. Um, you know, the scripture says Satan is the prince of the air. Mm-hmm. And so stuff like that, that's his playing ground. Like, he's a heavy influencer in music. Whether you want to believe it or acknowledge it or not, it's just simply what it is. And it's just very important that you have your guard up a lot of the time when mm-hmm. listening to it. You can't just listen to any old thing mm-hmm. without precaution. I, I agree. And something that you said just struck a chord with me that there's some music that's very obvious. And that's one thing when the appearance is obvious. When you look at someone or you look at the, I, I guess now it's more of a download than us purchasing CDs and stuff. When you look at it, you can tell it's the sneaky stuff. I think that's that's even more dangerous where there's lyrics that are subtle or that kind of... Um, that are disguised and I don't even know if there's a lot of disguising these days. I think that <laughs> people pretty much say say what they want you to what they want you to hear. So I think it, but the sneaky part I think is is something that we have to be mindful of with certain songs. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And even artists, it nothing irritates me more. Artists um, all the time they'll say that they're Christian and everything they do is for God, but then you turn and listen to an album and you're like, I don't see any God whatsoever in it. 
and for me, it's not to say that um, you have to be a Christian and can only sing gospel. No, that's not the case. You can be Christian and still sing a different genre, but what you sing about does should not openly defy you know what the scripture says, what God wants you to do, what a Christian wants you to do. Okay, I hear what you're saying. Now tell me what your thoughts are. You say you can sing a different genre of music. Tell me more about your thoughts there. So I believe that if you have a good voice, it's fine for you to have a career in the music industry, but you may not want to do just gospel necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that interests me for the longest, um, I want to say his name is Molly Music. People were saying, a lot of church people, I think, were saying that, oh, he's turned over, he's not a Christian anymore. But what happened was he was just trying to reach another audience, and he didn't always go under the label as a gospel artist. But the the thing was, his music was still inspirational, and it was still upbeat enough to where he could go out and sell his music to people my age and people outside the church, and they would listen to it. Like I said, sometimes a catchy beat is all you need, and then next thing you know, you're dancing to it, and then you're singing the words. And I think that's what was happening with Molly. He has a lot of catchy beats and contemporary and modern songs, and I think people of my generation will listen to music like that. And before they know it, they're singing the words, not knowing that the words are glorifying God and some of the words reflect scripture. And I think it's wonderful if you can use your talents in that manner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I haven't uh, listened to Molly music in quite some time, actually, so I need to see what the buzz is about. I did hear something about it and uh, didn't investigate it much. I did. I do have a couple of their projects, their earlier projects, and enjoyed them. I, I did, so I'll have to see what the latest projects are about. You know, as I'm listening to you with the music industry, I find it, it interesting um, from time to time, I watch, um, I'm trying to think of the name of the show. It's like a behind the music. I think it's unsung, I think is what it is. Unsung. Yeah, unsung. And what I have come to find with a lot of artists, especially secular ones, and we're going to probably talk about gospel artists in a little bit, is that the music industry is very, trying to put it in a way that let me just, it's cutthroat. Let me just put it that way. It can be very cutthroat and they're about making money mm-hmm. and not necessarily concerned with the best interest of the artist. And I'll give one example. Um, and I, I don't know if you know this young man, Montel Jordan, I believe his name is. And um, he he sang the song way back. This was, you know, after my time I was saved and I just happened to, you know, hear it so much and played in stores and stuff. And I think it was, um, what is it? Lord, I sound like my mom. What what was, what were the words? Um, this, this is how we do it. I believe the name of the song was. And, you know, he is a very handsome, tall, charismatic guy who I want to say married his high school sweetheart. And, um, you know, became this this popular artist and the record company at the time, and this was on Unsung, wanted to portray him as a single male. Mm. And, you know, at the time, 
it's like, well, okay, you know, it's, it's the money, it's the, it's an image, you know, he knew he was married, you know, she knew they were married, it was what they wanted him to do, because if he was a married man singing, and I'm sure he had other songs, I, that's the only one that comes to mind that I saw on the, on the uh, unsung program, um, and some of the videos that he had to do, he talked about how it brought him to this very dark place, where, you know, now boundaries were being crossed, and, you know, his marriage was in jeopardy, you know, and all of this to make money. They weren't concerned about his marriage, his vows, mm-hmm. and that sacredness before God. And I don't know that he knew Christ, you know, prior to uh, getting married. But nonetheless, it, it just, I guess my point is, is that it just got to the point where it almost destroyed him, his family, and his marriage. And it is all for a dollar. And they weren't concerned about any of that sort of thing. So I, I guess what I'm asking or, or what I'm trying to discuss is, is, you know, how safe is it for someone who is singing about Christ to get into the music industry? You know, how do you do that and stay away from being tainted by what the executives want? Because... Christian is a very loose term these days. And I have found that the word Christian to many people means I just believe that there is a God. I don't believe that, you know, I don't believe in Buddha. I don't believe in Taoism. I don't believe in any of these things. I just believe that there's a God where the definition of a Christian, the way that it was intended, was someone that is spirit filled, that follows the teachings of Christ which line up with the word of God so Christian doesn't necessarily mean to everyone what it should mean and if we start to get into the music industry and we want to sing things one way and the executives are like well you need to do it this way you know now what I guess is is my question Ah, and you'll hear the answer that Kiara has to that question in our next podcast. So please, BCU family, stay tuned for that. All right, everyone. This is Blend from BlendCouragesYou.com here. We're going to wrap things up. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And Lord will, until the next time we are together, may our awesome God continue to bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and give you peace as you stay on the wall.